Welcome to Grant and Hope's podcast, where we explore themes around the prophetic and the supernatural. As staff at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City, we desire to equip the saints for the work of ministry in the power of God. I wanted to talk about why should we even value dreams and visions, right? I was thinking about this and praying about this, and I have some uh, several scriptures on here I'm going to go through. Uh, if you just look at point uh, 1A, the importance of dreams and visions, there's several scriptures of examples I have there of people encountering God through different dreams and even unbelievers uh, encountering uh, God through dreams. So on here, for example, I have like Judges chapter 7, First uh, Kings three five. That's when the Lord appeared to Solomon. Uh, Job seven fourteen and Job thirty three. They talk about how the Lord uh, comes to men in deep sleep in the night and and, and gives dreams. Uh, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, Joel two twenty eight. Of course, Joel two. Uh, I'll at the end of days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Uh, you have old men will dream dreams, young men will see visions. You have Isaiah one, Ezekiel one. It talks about both of those prophets saw visions of God. Uh, Matthew 1 and Matthew 2, uh, Joseph, Jesus' dad, was led by angels in dreams uh, for protection. So there's just several examples, but I wanted to go into why are dreams and visions important. But before I do, uh, I handed this out a couple weeks ago to our group, and it's basically, I just want to go over it just so... It's just, there's like an asterisk on this message of just, hey, when we use, when we're talking about the things we're talking about with dreams and visions, of course, this is like standard. This is standard issue. What we're talking about tonight is uh, we affirm that the Bible is an errant and sole uh, objective source of direction and wisdom for the life of a believer. We believe in the operation of the prophetic ministry as a source of edification, exhortation, and comfort. This is on uh, my paper. Sorry, I didn't hand it out. <laughs> uh, we believe that the subjectivity or sub- subjectivity of the prophetic ministry must be vigorously tested against the inspired and infallible scriptures that God gave for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, according to two Tim three sixteen. We deny that subjective prophetic experiences are equal to the inspired word of God. In other words, all personal prophecy must uphold and honor the scripture. So I just wanted to say that for, for especially new people that are here. But uh, the other thing is, this is all on IHOP's uh, you know, affirmations and denials of how they feel about prophecy. So this is what they have publicly, they, they state about it. And they also had a comment about dreams that they said, uh, some people have an over-reliance on dreams for direction in their domestic lives. God never intended to direct people mostly by dreams. Yes, God does use dreams to give some direction. However, dreams are not to be a substitute for gaining wisdom from Scripture. Some people rely on dreams for decisions because it absolves them from responsibility and lack of wisdom if the decision turns out to be wrong. Ecclesiastes 5.30. So that's just like a, that's like a little asterisk because I'm going to talk about a lot of like deep stuff tonight. And I want to just put that out there like, hey, this is so like we're all on the same page and feel safe with that. So, But anyways, you can turn to the first page the importance of dreams and visions. So point A, we value dreams and visions because the sovereign creator of heaven and earth 
has chosen to personally reveal his will and speak prophetically to his people through intimate through this intimate means of communication. So if you look at Numbers 12, uh, verse 5 and 8, this is a really awesome uh, section. It's a really short chapter in Numbers, but uh, it's uh, let's just read it together. Uh, it's it's going to reveal just a little bit. Uh, verse 5, it says, The Lord came down in a pillar of a cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle. This is the first page. And called Aaron and Miriam. They both went forward. Then he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, clearly, and not in dark sayings or riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. He sees the glory of the Lord. Then why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So if we just look at this, uh, I was just, I just love this chapter. I love like how the Lord is like speaking there in the pillar of a cloud saying, hey, here's some four common ways that I speak prophetically to my people. So here, if we look at it, uh, point A or point one, vision. So the Lord reveals what's on his heart and will through glimpses in the spirit, gentle internal visions, strong internal visions and open visions. Another way is dreams, like he said in uh, verse 6, the Lord speaks messages, parables, instructions through literal dreams, symbolic dreams, and dreams from angels of the Lord. Uh, point three we can get from that scripture is the Lord speaks with dark sayings or riddles. So the Lord may even speak in puzzles, play on words, puns, pictures, prophetic words. They basically they require us to seek Him, pray, and to do some research in order to discover what He's saying. An example of that is in uh, Daniel 2. You know, there's that mystery from Nebuchadnezzar that Daniel and his friends had to go pray and seek the Lord, and then they were given, the mystery was revealed to them by the Lord. Uh, and another way uh, that the Lord speaks, a common way in Scripture, and uh, it says personal visitation. So objective, clear, face-to-face communication. So that's something like... Uh, it's an inheritance that you find in the scriptures of Jesus appearing to the disciples even after the resurrection and the book of Revelation. Jesus will come and he can come in dreams and visions. You look in the Middle East with Muslims, uh, even here in the States, he, he, will, he will even reveal himself in a visible form. This is obviously the highest level of prophetic revelation possible. So last week we were talking about, uh, you know, what are some you know, with dreams and visions, why are they, you know, symbolic or mysterious? So we're going to go through that. If you look at uh, point three uh, A, it says, uh, just follow along. It says, there are often symbolic and mysterious elements to prophetic visions, dreams, spoken words, and so on. In uh, Numbers 12, God spoke to Aaron and Miriam that when he speaks prophetically, he often usually does so by a vision or dream that has symbolic or dark sayings. You can turn the page. Point B, revelation often comes in bits and pieces, so we need to understand from the Lord to make sense of the revelation of what he's speaking to us. So Paul states in the context of supernatural knowledge and prophecy that we prophesy in part, 1 Corinthians 13, 9. Jesus often spoke in parables to hide truth. So here's the point. So that only those who are hungry for God would gain understanding. In Matthew 13, he talks about, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see Hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. So in the same way, the Holy Spirit 
uh, can speak to us, uh, often prophetically in dreams and visions using parables. So only those who are desperate to know God's heart will understand what he's saying. So that's a, that, when I found that out, I was like, man, you are so smart, God. Like you are sharing visions and dreams with us to draw us in closer to you, first love, seeking you, finding you, going after your heart. Uh, so God purposely gives the information in a dark saying or parable. We must resist the temptation to manufacture the interpretation before it is clear. That means like just talking to him, seeking him, asking him questions about uh, the revelation. If we don't, we are setting ourselves up for a disaster. So let's go in deeper. The, these are an expanded list of supernatural communication from God. If you look at point A, here's uh, this is actually from Steve Thompson's book, You May All Prophesy. He's a Morningstar guy. He defines lower levels of revelation that include mental or spiritual impressions per, or, or perceptions, gentle internal visions, and the still small voice of God that we hear in our spirits. Each of these is a valid type of revelation, albeit lower level. Point B, higher level revelations. These include open visions, angelic visitations, visitations of the Lord, vivid dreams, trances, being caught up in the spirit, and other prophetic experiences. As a general rule, I found this really helpful, the less subjective way in which a revelation comes, the higher level it is. Does that make sense? So it's like if, if it's uh, just something you seek the Lord with, like for a prophetic word for somebody, that'd be more subjective. But if you're on your horse to Damascus and you get struck by a light and you fall off your horse and the Lord's speaking to you like he did Paul, that's a pretty objective encounter so that you can trust that source more than just a word. Um, while there are clearly no clearly defined instructions on how to hear God in Scripture, we do find examples of God speaking through impressions, number two, visions, number three, dreams, four, trances, and angels, number five. Throughout the book of Acts, we find God speaking through all of these means to his people. And I have a list of all the examples in Acts that have those five different ways that God speaks in those, those ways. You can look that up later. Uh, if you look at point five, this is, this is really special to me. I wanted to look at just 10 examples real quick of how dreams and visions were important in the lives of the patriarchs. So we're talking about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, Joseph. If you read through the book of Genesis, it is incredible how the Lord revealed himself uh, to these guys. So we're going to look at dreams, visions, angelic encounters, even personal visitations from Jesus. Um, if you look at point A in Genesis 15.1, Abraham has a vision, so it says, uh, and a personal visitation. It says, verse 15, verse 1, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. So that's literally the word of the Lord. It's, it's uh, Jesus appearing to him, just to simplify it, uh, and he was speaking to him in a vision. Like, that's incredible. If you look at B, uh, Abraham's prophetic promise through a trance. Uh, Genesis 12, oh, sorry, Genesis 15, verse 12. Now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. If you look in the Septuagint, it says trance. So it says, as the sun was going down, a trance fell upon Abram. Behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abraham, God said to Abram, 
Know that certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is theirs. So that's amazing. If you, I looked through all the Septuagint for the word trance, and it showed up in uh, Genesis with Adam. So it said, the Lord put Adam in a trance. And then the second time this happened, it, it was Abram. So it was like God was starting something new again with Abram. And it was the, tr the word trance that they put in there, the deep sleep that he spoke to him. is such an objective encounter that it was like the Lord was like, I am making this promise to Abraham. He is more special than basically anyone else in the Old Testament as far as uh, promises go. Uh, which interesting, if you look at the next time the trance is really talked about is in the book of Acts when he talks to Peter and then later on Paul. Those are the two big cases of trances. If you look at C, I'm just going to kind of go these real real quick. Uh, you guys can look at it more detail, but I have it underlined of the encounter. So C, uh, Abraham's personal visitation and angelic encounters. Genesis 18, the Lord appeared to him by the trees of Mamre and behold, three men were standing by him. Those were all uh, angelic uh, an angelic encounter. Genesis 20, you know, God personally confirms that Abraham is a prophet to King Abimelech. So God said to the king in a dream, restore this man's wife. He is a prophet. He will pray for you. So I thought that was cool. Uh, Genesis 26, Isaac's personal visitation and directional word. If you look at verse two, then the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land, which I shall tell you. F, point F, uh, Isaac's personal visitation through a night vision, uh, Genesis 26, 23, and 24. Then he went up from Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to Isaac the same night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham, do not fear. Uh, look at point G, uh, Jacob's prophetic dream, angelic encounters, and personal visitation. This is such an awesome uh, experience that Jacob had. Uh Basically, he has the it's the Jacob's ladder dream. So he he dreamed there. He saw angels ascending and descending, and then the Lord even stood above it and said, "I am the the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac." And then he gives him the land promise. So Jacob's another personal visitation. If you turn the page, uh, thirty verse thirty two or sorry Genesis thirty two, verse twenty four and thirty. Then Jacob was left alone. Now that's interesting. So he's all by himself. And then a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. So Jacob called the name of the place uh, Penal? Literally, uh, face of God. For I have seen God face to face. My life is preserved. So that's a, that's a pretty direct encounter, right? Um, point I, Jacob's night visions. I love this scripture. I love this verse. Uh, Genesis 46, 1 and 2. So, Jake, so Israel took his journey that, with all that he had and came to Beersheba and he offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. Verse 2, I love this. Then God spoke to Israel in the visions of the night and, and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, here I am. Then you look at Joseph's prophetic dreams in Genesis chapter 37, verse 5 and 6 and 8 and 9. Now Joseph had a dream. He told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. And his brother said, Shall you indeed reign over us? Are you the favorite? <laughs> What's going on? Uh, verse 9, Then he dreamed still another dream. And then he told his brothers. So just, just think about that. It's just 10 examples. There's probably more. I, I just kind of briefly went through Genesis. But man, this is the inheritance that we have. Just looking at our the patriarchs of the faith. And this is 
what they they valued so highly this revelation of God that he he appeared to him. Uh, this is before you know the Torah was written and stuff, so they had a huge value on this, and I just feel like we need to as well. Uh, so look at point six. This is just a. I'm not going to read all this, but this is uh, you can look at it later. But it's a quote from John Piper, just basically saying, "Hey, God shares with us the infinite treasure of the universe through dreams and visions." So I'm just giving one example of the way that God shares with us. Obviously, it's the Word of God is the primary way that He shares with us and through revelation with the Holy Spirit's help. But I just wanted to highlight that if you look at Paul's uh, language, he talks about the riches of God's grace, the riches of His kindness the unsearchable riches of Christ, the riches of glory, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So God is rich in the sense that he is himself is the infinite treasure of the universe. He does not have to create anything or own anything in order to be rich. He, he is himself of infinite value. He himself is the gift and the greatness of the glory of God. So if you look at point A down there, it says all of God's self-revelation through dreams and visions is ultimately a supernatural way for him to make known the riches of his glory found in the person of Jesus to us. So, um, if you turn this to the page, it says uh, in Colossians 2, verse uh, 2 and 3, it's out of the Amplified Bible here, but it says, My hope is this, that your hearts may be encouraged as they are knit together in unselfish love, so that you may have all the riches that come from the full assurance of understanding the joy of salvation resulting in a true and more intimate knowledge of the mystery of God, that is, Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge regarding the word and purposes of God. So something I found interesting is kind of like the possessive language that God uses with mysteries and secrets and how dreams and visions are a way that God shares that with us. So if you look at uh, point A under 7, it says, Secrets and mysteries are discussed in the Bible in terms signifying God's unique ownership, so they belong to him alone. So if you look at Genesis 40, verse 8, Pharaoh's trying to get his dream interpreted, and he asked Joseph to do it, and, he, and, and Joseph said to the Pharaoh, or sorry, this is uh, actually the, the baker the, the, in the, when he's in the jail. Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, please. And and that's just something that was like kind of highlighted to me. But uh, if you look at point C, uh, one way God chooses to share, I'm not saying the only way, but one way he chooses to share and reveal some of his secrets to us is through dreams and visions. This is why we should value them. This is part of our inheritance as a natural or spiritual born-again children of Abraham. These experiences are shared with us to empower us so that we can love Jesus well. So Deuteronomy 29, 29, have you guys ever checked this out? This is such an awesome verse. It says, uh, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. And I wrote a little, just side note, unto fulfilling the first commandment, love. So the things that he revealed to uh, just us are to the mysteries being revealed. He's talking about the Torah, but also uh, I think you can apply that to dreams as vision as well. It's like they should be empowering you in first love with Jesus. They should, God, dreams and visions from God should empower you to love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Uh, so uh, number eight, God is the source of dream interpretation. So when Pharaoh asked Joseph for a dream interpretation, 
Joseph spoke with deep conviction on the source of true dream interpretation. He says, it is not in me. God, not I, will give Pharaoh a favorable answer of peace. So if you look at Genesis 41, verse 16, this is out of the complete Jewish Bible. It says, Yosef answered Pharaoh, it isn't in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer that will set his mind at peace. And I just like, I like the way that he said that. Basically just dependency. Uh, it isn't in me. So he, he knew that he, he would had to be dependent on the, on the Holy Spirit or on the Lord. If you look at number nine, this is what I really wanted to kind of dive into. Like Dreams and visions are to empower us to love Jesus more. They're our inheritance. So if you look at it, the mysteries of the kingdom being revealed to us, they are ours to see and to hear, to discover and to steward. If you look at Proverbs chapter 20, verse 12, it says, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made them both. If you look at Matthew 13, Jesus answered to them and said, Because it has been given to you to know that the mysteries, the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but it has not been given to them. Whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. So here's a couple of things I want to say about this. is Look at how he's even highlighting like the stewardship of like valuing when mysteries of the kingdom are revealed to you, valuing when secrets of the kingdom are, are revealed to you. And then if you steward that well, he's actually going to say you're setting yourself up for more and for abundance of more. So if you look at uh, point C, this is Paul quoting out of 1 Corinthians 4, 1. He says, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Uh, you can turn the page. So here's the thing. Uh, like Daniel, we can also grow in understanding, insight, discernment, and perception regarding all visions and dreams. If God gave it to Daniel, we can ask for that. It's, it's, it's in the Bible. It's... It's available. We have apostolic prayers that are basically saying the same thing verbatim. Uh, but if you look at Daniel 1.17, it says, As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom. And now uh, this is the part I love. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. That word understanding, uh, it means insight. It means discernment. It means perception. It means the ability to see into all visions and dreams. Uh, some translations say into all types of visions and dreams. I think that's out of the Amplified. Uh, Daniel 5, 11 and 12. So we're talking about growing and, and being able to uh, ask for more and go for more. Uh, this is what was spoken of Daniel in chapter 5. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. In the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom... Doesn't that sound like Ephesians 1, 17 and 18? Light, understanding, wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in Daniel. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, the soothsayers, inasmuch was an excellent spirit. So he was excellent in all that he did. Knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas or problems, puzzles. They were found in Daniel. And he gave the keen interpretations. So, this is a, those are like, that was like what's on my heart. Of why should we value dreams and visions? Why, why, should we, why should we write them down? Why should we talk about them? Why should we pay attention to them? 
Uh, I just have here just a couple of quick like action points of how to grow in uh, dreams and visions. So my first advice uh, is what I found helpful for my own life is praying uh, apostolic prayers, uh, specifically the ones that talk about understanding and talking about wisdom. Because if you look at, there's a lot of overlap between like even like what Daniel said he grew in and understanding and visions with like Ephesians 1, like the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And that is a verse that actually talks about like the light of the Holy Spirit released into the eyes of our heart, the eyes of our, the perception of our imagination being flooded with images uh, of what the Father's will is. So pray these prayers. I found them helpful in my own life. I have a list here. You can go through these uh, on your own. But they're uh, just a list of Ephesians 1, 17 and 19. Colossians 1, 9 through 12. I love this one. Being filled with the, the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Uh, so three, uh, Colossians 1, uh, verse 4 and 8. That's a great one. If you turn the page, uh, it's talking about uh, Acts 2. Of course, like that's an awesome one to pray. Uh, so when we're talking about these dreams, visions, we're talking about higher level of uh, revelation, how many, how many can say that they've had uh, many of the ex- or experienced many of these things that we've been talking about tonight. You can raise your hand. Um, so, how many want to experience more of, of these from the Lord? It's like everyone's hand. Now, keep your hands up. But have you now? How many have specifically asked to experience more? It's like, okay, that's a good answer. <laughs> so, if you look at this. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and, and that's what I want to say is that is such a key because the Lord is so good. He, he, we hear about this like we just read through all this and I want you to know that you can ask for these. You can ask for these specifically. You can ask for them more. And I wanted to just highlight something that I found helpful uh, from Mike Bickle is that we remember we must ask. So if you look here, so this is from his book, Prayers to Strengthen Your Inner Man. He says, a simple truth that we all know is that God re- releases more blessing if we just ask for it. In James 4, verse 2, it says, You do not have because you do not ask. He knows we have needs, but Scripture is clear that the Lord withholds many things until we ask Him. Mm-hmm. We, When we talk to Him, it puts us in a position to connect with Him. So, bam, that's the best thing you could do, right? That's what it's all about. God knows that connecting with Him will dynamically change our life. Therefore, He starves us, quote-unquote, out of our prayerlessness by withholding certain blessings until we actually ask or talk to Him about them. This is important because He values fellowshipping with us. So something I wanted to say about these things that, you, that we were reading about tonight is Revelation 19.10 says that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So any testimonies that you hear uh, from people that are walking in these things or that they're, they've, you've heard some friends, they experience these things or you heard major speakers talk about these things, just know that Revelation 19.10 says, if Jesus did it with them, he can do it with me because the, the testimony means to do it again, God, with my own life. Just ask him. 
just ask him. And, and you know, a lot of times when we talk about these kind of encounters and visions, dreams, kind of the higher level stuff, it's like, well, why did God, you know, I used to get into this scene where I was like, well, why did God, you know, not give me these yet? Or, you know, well, I'm missing out or I'm not experiencing all these things. And I've been kind of realizing like when God picks people sovereignly, it's actually a grace to the rest of the people. Like um, God picks sovereignly to be uh, a light as a testimony to the rest of us to show us what's always been available in his word is available for everyone now today. So like when you hear about testimonies from Bob Jones or these prophet guys, or you see Sean Bowles on stage prophesying, he's supposed to be a bridge for us to actually walk, ask God for it and walk in and step in their ceiling being our floor. That's the way the kingdom works. So like God sovereignly picks some people to activate and empower others. So um, back in the 50s and stuff, it was a lot about like the man of God on the stage, the power of the hour, the healings, the 50s healing revival kind of thing. But since then, it's been a sh- it's been shifting over the last 50, 60, 70 years. And it's like we're all we all get to do this stuff. We all get to experience this stuff. It's not just the the one guy on the on the stage. And uh, yeah, like I just wanted to encourage everyone here, like when God, when you hear testimonies uh, of people experiencing some of these things, like they are, the Lord's picking them just so we know it's available right now. Because if uh, we didn't hear the prophetic history, we didn't hear things that were going on, like I didn't hear about any of that growing up. And when I started hearing that, I was like, wait, that's available or that's, that stuff's real, like encountering Jesus, that kind of stuff. And it sent me on a path of going after the Lord with all that I could. And, um, just know that when the Lord picks people, it's for our own benefit. It's for the rest of the body's benefit. And they're kind of like dispensers of grace and they're trophies of his grace. Cause he, it's by his grace that he even picks people to, to, to show them, Hey, uh, to use them and partner with them. But, they're, uh, the way I was kind of thinking about it is they're like waiters <laughs> that are like, when you see their testimonies of their life and you hear the, the encounters, they're like coming up to you at a table and being like, you know, hey, uh, yeah, I just tried that in the back. Do you want to try some? I'm like, yeah. Like they're giving you testimony of, hey, the Lord's in the kitchen. He's, he's, he's still cooking this stuff up. It's still available. Like you can ask him. And that's what it goes back to. Remember, we must ask. So like, we should never feel like inferior to people that are having these like radical encounters, but we should like embrace it and then say like, Lord, that's provoking me to hunger. Cause you said to eagerly desire uh, the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Well, we wouldn't know what to eagerly desire for if we didn't see it demonstrated through somebody's life sovereignly. So we gotta be thankful for people that have already been experiencing these things. and. Let it provoke us to more hunger, to deeper uh, intimacy with the Lord. So on the topic of like dreams and visions, like one of the things like I found helpful, especially we're talking about like praying for our own hearts. Now we're kind of getting into that subject. Like one of the least like prayed about subjects is our inner man, is our hearts. And Mike has a book on it, prayers for the... I'm not saying like that's the only book, but it's uh, prayers to strengthen your heart, your inner man. And one of the prayers that he highlights is the light of glory that you would experience 
and he says, uh, this is like just copied and pasted from his book, but it's on the bottom of page 7. So he talks about asking the Lord for supernatural encounters that include seeing angels, experiencing His glory and presence in, in dynamic ways. Ask Him to shine the light of your countenance on His countenance on your heart. So he's got the prayer on the bottom. I've been just like meditating on these these verses and praying these verses and kind of just in that in line with like we must ask, you know, don't be offended, like don't develop uh, envy, praying praying over your heart, like consecrating your whole body, soul, and spirit. Like that's all part of the package. And um, I guess like I just want to share just a, a, like a testimony of uh, like the things that are we talked about tonight are available now for you if you haven't experienced it. And you're not missing out if you're not, but I'm saying if you want to, it's available and um, even just in the last year I, I spent like I've been I'm 31 I've been following the Lord intentionally since I was 19 and I spent about a decade like just studying a lot of this stuff and like researching this stuff I went out to I was at Michigan State I was studying college there I was studying Hebrew then I went to Jerusalem for a couple months I was with Sukkot Hillel met some Bethel people got into the supernatural and like healing signs and wonders and I left when I came back to the States I went to Bethel for a couple years and I was pursuing saw a lot of breakthrough with like healings and uh, praying for the sick and just like the crazy miracles that happened there but in my own heart was longing for just like an intimacy with God where he I would know that I know that I know that he would speak to me with visions and dreams so I had a little bit of experience but I didn't it wasn't what I read about that was available or what I heard about people experiencing. So I was always kind of like a little bit like, I know that there's more God. I'm going to keep walking in obedience, but like, could you please give me a little more? Like, can I have my cake and eat it too? And not just when I get to heaven. And I just want to say like, especially since Hope and I, we moved back here and given ourselves to just enjoying Jesus as a friend that's the most ultimate basic thing is like Jesus is pursue him as your friend. That is the ultimate like pursue him intimacy with him. Um, but I also want to say is this stuff's available. Yeah. This stuff's available. And uh, I've been in the night. I've been experiencing a lot of these different uh, manifestations of his presence. And I just want to say it's available. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please give us a rating on iTunes and feel free to share with a friend. Our ministry is made possible through our financial partner team. If you feel stirred to give, you can do so by using the link in our bio.